Hello, extra time. You can't to the league not to get a hold because it, it damages your reputation. It, it makes people, when they read it, just laugh at you. Single block, they're playing in the league one and they're playing in the Europa League and they're playing in the game in this country. Maybe we should get to Yeah, hopefully you're enjoying the uh, broadcast so far. Uh, halftime in the Dundalk Sligo game. This is Declan Marin from the Extra Time.e Sportscast, joined by Makdara Ferris, live from the Estadio Metropolitano. Uh, Makdara, how are you? Hola, Declan. How are yeah, you? hola, como esta? Yeah, it's lovely and warm here. It's 31 <laughs> degrees. Um, it's going to be about this temperature tomorrow night, which is a bit of a change for the Liverpool and Spurs oh. players. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very good. I'm sitting up in the... Media Tribune, and I'm, uh, I've been watching Spurs and Liverpool go through their uh, go through their warm-ups. Great stuff. Well, look, for those of you just tuning in who haven't maybe listened to us uh, all that much, we've done a few bits like this before where we sent Mokdara out and about. We sent him over uh, to Russia most recently for the uh, last World Cup. So what we're going to do, we're going to start off getting a bit of a flavour for Madrid. So, Mokdara, I'm wondering, I've been there myself now, and, and I'm wondering, you've been to quite a few different places yourself for kind of footballing, not holidays, but footballing trips or fo- covering uh, football tournaments. In terms of uh, Madrid, how does it rank up there as a sort of footballing destination for you? Oh, it's it's pretty good because it probably has two of the most impressive stadiums in um, in Spain, maybe if not Europe. So this new stadium, the Wanda Metropolitano, which is not called that for this because Wanda is a, a corporate organization. So exactly. When these events come on, it's just the Estadio Metropolitano. So it's only a couple of years old. I was here um, February of last year to watch Atletico play, and it is it's a, it's a it's a very very impressive stadium. The capacity is about sixty eight thousand. It'll be less than that for tomorrow. And then, of course, you have the Real Madrid Stadium. Well, we're going to do the stadium tour there to see the, you know, their museum is pretty impressive with all their European trophies that they've got. Um, and then you can even get to Getafe, which I've been to, which is actually on the Metro, um, a really nice little small stadium. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good venue to uh, come to for a weekend. Definitely get some, uh, be able to get tickets once you kind of, you know, get ahead of time. And in terms of around the city, around the grounds, I've been to the, the previous stadium, the Calderon. Uh, loved it, I have to say. Loved the experience of it. Haven't been to this new stadium, although some, from the pictures I've seen, even from what you've sent me there this morning, looks absolutely beautiful. But in terms of how handy it is to get to and from, how, how easy is it going to be for these fans to travel about? And how, I mean, the city itself, it's, it is it's pretty much a haven, isn't it, for this exact kind of trip? Yeah, so like the, the, the Calderon was more central and real old style stadium. Yeah, like a big bowl roof, maybe I think it was on just one of the stands. Um, so they've moved out towards the, they're in the east of the city, relatively close to the airport, but it's on the metro. So I'm staying relatively central. It was kind of like a 35, five minute journey for me out on the metro. It's a similar kind of journey in from the airport. So say kind of relatively, relatively close. Um, so it's very easy to get to. For this weekend, for the Champions League final weekend, uh, the city centre has a couple of fan zones which are, are set up. Um, you know, the usual thing, there's a bit of football going on and uh, Gazprom doing a bit of promoting for their uh, Petro uh, organisation as one of the main sponsors for the, the Champions League. But, um, you know, it's a really easy to city, city to get around with uh, on the Metro and plenty to do besides from just going to see football stadiums, which I do enjoy doing, but... Uh, there's a few art museums and a bit of street art um, on my itinerary over the weekend in between going to this uh, this Champions League final game, which I'm obviously delighted to, to be going to. In terms of 
food and, and services we're talking pretty decent stuff from my memory the uh, expense is not all that high if I remember correctly either for a, for a quite big city yeah, no, um, I, UEFA did put on a little bit of food for us earlier on, so there was some sandwiches, some salads, uh, some soft drinks sponsored by uh, uh, the usual sponsors as well. Haven't got the chance to sample maybe some real Spanish cuisine, but um, later on this evening, um, after uh, listening to this commentary, I'll, I'll be heading back into the city centre. Great stuff. Well, just a little uh, couple of factoids, I suppose, before we completely move on and look at the two teams in action thought it was, it was worth noting that, uh, strangely enough, the Calderon not demolished completely yet. Now, this has been Atletico's home, this new stadium, the Stadio Metropolitano, since 2017. The new stadium still up, but slowly on its way down. I remember being there back in 2015. I saw Barcelona clinch the league title there. And when I wasn't staring directly at Messi and, and all he was doing, he actually <laughs> scored the winner in that game, unsurprisingly. But just looking around the stadium, had a really good atmosphere, really good home feel. Everything as you walked up and approached the stadium was what you want in that experience. Uh, I read a little bit about the sort of conflicted feelings, Mark Dara, that a lot of the fans have had. And you, you probably have seen that quite a lot when teams move. Maybe less so with Spurs. That seemed to be, a, a, funnily enough, seemed to be like very much enjoyed, I think, because they'd moved before. West Ham, I suppose, is a good example of recently that that same sort of home feeling isn't there. And, and really, I think they felt, I uh, read earlier, this was very much their barrio, their, their neighbourhood that this uh, stadium was in. And uh, here's a beautiful one for you. The road that leads up to the uh, old stadium was the uh, Paso de los Melocanos, which is the way of the melancholic. Uh, even more so now. Even more so now. It's, it's, I imagine it's got to must be sad walking down that old street. Yeah, because this stadium is what you know, plenty of people will have seen before. It, it's a... It's not quite an out-of-town stadium, but there's a massive area around it for for parking for for buses. And um, there's not a lot around. It. There's not a lot around the stadium, so you come up out of the metro, and then the stadium is there, and there's quite a lot around it. But as soon you mentioned Spurs, obviously their new stadium in Water Lane is in their old ground, so they they haven't moved. But um, they, from what I understand, they would have looked at this stadium for some of the design elements for their own stadium, which is getting rave reviews. So it's it's of that manner, but it doesn't have the massive kind of uh, end and one end of the the ground but it, it's it's quite tight big uh, bottom tier and then the stadium it's a real bowl and it's quite quite steep in on top so uh, yeah you'd want to have a head for heights if you're up um, behind the goal beautiful well let's uh, talk about the, the game at hand then we don't ever delve too much into the English football scene when sort of doing our, our League of Ireland stuff here but let's 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 have a go with it. Let's try our best with this. Let's, I suppose, start off with the Irish angle. We've got an Irishman at least in the squad. Yeah, so Keevan Keller is in the he's in the match programme. I'm just looking at it here. Uh, but he's also in the matchday squad, so he's named in the squad earlier today. Um, it is quite a big squad. I think it's a 23-man squad that they're able to, to name. And he's third-choice goalkeeper. But yeah, he, he's here. Uh, his next... Uh, Football involvement after the season. I think he's uh, he's involved in the Toulon tournament, so he's in the Ireland 21 squad. So I think he'll be gone from uh, from here out to uh, out to Toulon. So yeah, so there is some Irish interest, but I don't think uh, I can. You know, I watched him earlier on warming up. You know, the the goalkeeping team were all warming up together, but uh, I don't think I'll get to see him or we'll get to see him tomorrow evening on the pitch. Last Irish player to be involved in the Champions League final, off the top of your head. Steve Finnan, maybe? Limerick man, Steve Finnan. I think you might well be right there. Ah, and Limerick man, yeah. yeah. Of course you'd know that. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Before that, I mean, you're going back to 
probably Erwin or if Keane missed out. So that's yeah, it's uh, tough. Probably John, probably John, John O'Shea. O'Shea maybe, you might yeah, be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you might yeah. be right. Well, let's let's talk. About, I suppose outside of the the Irish connection, then looking at these two teams, you will have um, taken in a, a fair bit of information that's flying around about both of the teams at the moment. I'm sure plenty of people will have seen a fair few interviews with Jurgen Klopp over the last few days. It seems to have given quite a lot of media access out there. Looking quite relaxed, talking about uh, a great piece with Jonathan Liu, actually talking quite a lot about uh, life and, and how you just have to take it as it comes and stuff like that. I imagine there's going to be an interesting little feeling about both of these sides in that Spurs have probably been the team that's have to more take it as it comes. Liverpool have probably a little bit more time to be organised they're not waiting on too many recoveries by the looks of it they've pretty much a full squad to choose from well yeah Klopp was very relaxed in the, the pre-match press conference he, he was taking questions for maybe um, maybe for about kind of 20 minutes uh, 20-25 minutes as usually was all smiles you know say very very relaxed sure he's really looking forward to it um, it is a chance to you know, for Liverpool to win their sixth European Cup and for him to win a final because his record isn't great, but something probably has to give uh, in, in this game between him and, and Pochettino. But yeah, Liverpool, uh, they don't have the injury concerns that that, that Spurs have and they carry a f- the form into, the, you know, in any other season, 97 points, they'd be coming as the English champions and looking for, for a double. So they've also a great record against Spurs. I think it's only one defeat in the last, I think, maybe 14 encounters, and that's gone back six seasons. Um, now, the games between the two sides are quite tight uh, this season, and Klopp in the pre-match press conference kind of alluded to that, said that his team were lucky with some of the goals that they that they got. Um, so, yeah, so that that's how he was uh, setting up for, for, for the game tomorrow night. I should point out as well, there's a couple of interesting stats around uh, Liverpool and Spurs. Liverpool, I think it's the last 10 years, been in more European finals than any other club, which is, is fascinating when you think of Real Madrid winning three titles in that time. But Liverpool have been involved in more European, that's Europa and uh, Champions League and all that. No, apologies, it's since 2001, no team has been in more European finals. And Spurs never won, uh, have never won a game over in Spain. Um, no, I know both of these things don't really have a whole lot to do with the upcoming game, but fascinating little bit uh, to look at there. And also, may I just recommend, uh, McDar, as you'll be had to, happy to hear, uh, an extra time that piece, Andy Hart looked back at Liverpool's last European win over Spurs. Yeah, so he that was in 1973. It was in, in the uh, UEFA Cup, so that's the only time the two sides met. So yeah, Andy had a look at uh, had a look at that game. It was uh, uh, 1-0 in Anfield and then down in, um, down in Water Lane, uh, Liverpool... They lost 2-1 with the away goal. So they had uh, Steve Irishman Steve Highway in their team. Um, and he got their, the all-important goal in that second leg. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good piece that Andy did. He just had a look back at, um, at that and also kind of spurs European pedigree because I think most people know about um, uh, you know, Liverpool's pedigree. But it is funny to be um, you know, at a Champions League final when I think it's 87 years combined between... The last time between these, when these sides last actually won the domestic league, and I think Spurs is back in 1961, but they do get a chance to add to uh, some of the European trophies that they won the last time was against Anderlecht, I think, in '84, if I if I'm, have that right. Lastly, McDarrell, let's just briefly look ahead to the game itself. Who do you think this is set up better for? A lot of people have talked about how it's given Spurs time to recover. I wonder, in a way, are Liverpool, I think I heard the point made that they're a bit of a rhythm team when they get in the rhythm of it, and it might have been a bit difficult for this to be spoiled. So it's, I think a lot of people have the suggestion that Spurs are feeling a little bit better off going into this. Yeah, like it, it, they had more injury concerns. Like there's been quite a long break. Most of the European 
leagues went a, a week longer than the Premier League, uh, there was a there was a bit more of a gap. So they have been off, if you like, uh, given a bit more time for Harry Kane to, to come back from his ankle injury. But Spurs have done very well without Kane when he wasn't available this season. And, um, you know, we, we all know about the likes of Christian Eriksen and, you know, and Son and... and uh, uh, Lucas Moore, who got those important goals to to get Spurs to the to the final and even out of the group stages as well. Like Spurs started the campaign with three, yeah, they drew their first three group games, so they're the first first side ever to uh, to do that and make it to a final. So, yeah, they they finished the season not so well. A, a little bit, you know, people talk about the both teams, you know, will press, but but Pochettino's team in particular, I think they struggled. They didn't sign anyone. Uh, last uh, at the start of the season so they don't have as big a squad as, as Liverpool have and I think that that didn't help them towards the end of the season so then probably now they've got the benefit of not having matches over the last couple of weeks that they can come into this game relatively fresh Have I had to push you for, uh, for a winner? Uh, I'm just uh, finishing off my preview uh, as I type up here in the press box and I, I've gone for a Liverpool win 2-1 in uh, extra time maybe I'm just hoping for a bit of uh, free advertisement if, uh, if it goes beyond 90 minutes Magdara, adios thank you very much for joining us and speaking of free advertising do make sure you check out the extra time.ie sportscast every week uh, on iTunes uh, Spotify and various other platforms do check us out we appreciate all the feedback enjoy the rest of the game